0: Welcome to the Dance to Oneness podcast. My name is Amy Shine and I'm inviting you to discover and explore the many different paths to more possibilities. Hey guys, welcome, it's Amy Shine here. Thanks for joining me, listening, watching wherever you are in the world. And today's episode is episode eight. It's right recovery for you. And I have a very special guest here today. Her name is Marilyn Bradford. And um, Marilyn Bradford is a psychotherapist, and she is the creator of Right Recovery for You. She is um, the author of this book as well, Right Recovery for You, and she has worked in the field of addiction for over 20 years. And um, Right Recovery for You is a radical and unique approach to ending any addictive or compulsive behaviors, so Marilyn wrote this book. She also teaches these classes on right recovery for you. She sees clients in assisting clients in um, overcoming their addictions, their compulsive behaviors. And she has a different approach to it. So I'm really excited to interview Marilyn today. Welcome, Marilyn.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Amy. It's, I've been looking forward to this. So Marilyn, right off the bat, what is your radical unique approach
0: to write recovery for you? What does that mean, a radical unique approach?
1: Well, it basically turns on its head everything that traditional treatment says about addiction and recovery. Um, and the first part of it is looking at some of the things that that i found with using the access consciousness tools applied to addiction and recovery, um, it's really different people can move past any addictive or compulsive behavior. So that's one thing that I found. Um, also, I work with people to never identify themselves as an alcoholic, as an overeater, as a gambler, but rather to say things like, Currently, I'm eating more food than I'd like to, but I'm beginning to make different choices now. One of the most radical things about Right Recovery for You is that it's about empowering people to see that they actually do have choice rather than that they're powerless and they need something outside of themselves to fix them or to hold them or to whatever it is. Now, this seems radical because people will say, oh no, that doesn't work. But what I found is that people don't have the tools and information required to move into that space of choice. So a whole lot of Right Recovery for You is about giving people different tools that really work and information they've never had before about all kinds of things so that they can go, oh my gosh, I'm so empowered. I can do this. I can choose, you know, and it doesn't, it's not right away. Like if you've been immersed in um, traditional treatment, 12 step stuff, you, not tomorrow, you're not going to be able to go, okay, I'm going to go out and drink. But you know, what I like to do is to take people to a space of choice. And some people choose to, we'll just take alcohol, never drink again, because that's where it works for them. And some people find it's not a problem to have a glass of wine or a beer here in there because they have them. That's the other thing that makes Right Recovery for You so unique is it's really about empowering people to get rid of those limitations and to have more and more of them. It's about being, not fitting in. And I always used to say to people that the difference between psychotherapy as it's traditionally done and access and right recovery for you is about the first psychotherapy is about having, making sure you have a better adjustment to this reality. It's like, here are the rules of this reality and you need to fit in and let's adjust you so you can fit in. Whereas right recovery for you is about, hey, let's get beyond this reality. Let's create something completely different. Where those rules don't apply to addiction, compulsive behavior, and mental health. So that that was
0: the long way around. <laughs> I love that you said so much in there. I mean, well, I'd would I'd love to also give our listeners uh, a small bit of like background in in your own journey because you did go through um, a twelve step program, right? Oh yeah. And 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 so this isn't about like AA working or not working like I also went to AAA and it provided me with like I always say it on the show look AA I ended up in AA at 21 years old I was living in Ireland and it was the only place for me at the time where I could go where I actually got some kind of hope for I'm okay Um, and I and and I always said like you know like I would sit in the rooms and meetings and like people's drinking stories I didn't identify with but everybody spoke about that that head stuff you know the racing mind never feeling good enough never feeling like they fitted in always feeling you know like you were the black sheep in your family or the black sheep in school and you know what I found by going to AA meetings was that the mind of you know an alcoholic or addict or um we all kind of had similar programs thinking thoughts feelings running and it gave me a sense of like i wasn't alone you know and yeah. and it worked and it gave me certain tools but it got me and it got me to a certain point but what happened then is it there was it wasn't giving me tools to actually create my life and to mm-hmm. actually go beyond like the addiction. Like there's only so many times you can tell your story, you know? And after a while, it just got, it got repetitive and I was, and I, and I wanted more and I knew more was possible. So what was your experience, Marilyn, which, I mean, what, what was it for you that had you reaching beyond AA maybe for something else?
1: Well, I was very grateful to AA when I joined because that was what was out there. And I never had a, problem with not drinking. I really didn't. And I did work the program. Um, and I was in, I'm, not, I'm very bad on day, years, about, about 15 years, maybe 16. I don't really remember. So I was sober for that amount. I mean, I didn't drink alcohol for that amount of time. And I did the program. Um, but what I noticed, and I noticed with my clients and I noticed in meetings was that it was all about making us wrong. I mean, someone once asked me, What's, what was it like to be an AA? And I said, okay, so for two weeks, every morning and every night, you do an inventory of yourself, and you ask yourself, where am I selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid? See how you feel after two weeks of that. And they're like, oh, my God, I don't think I want to do that. So I, I'm, I'm sort of very similar to you, Emmy, is that I, it was great for what it did. I didn't feel like an outsider. I had a place to go all of that, um, but it is about making you wrong. And one of the things that I discovered after doing right recovery for for a couple of years was that there are secondary addictions, which are actually like alcohol, drugs, gambling, sex, relationships, but the primary addiction is to judgment and the wrongness of self. And if this isn't dealt with, that's why people relapse because it is too painful to be the one who never fits in, you know you're wrong, and everybody is actually encouraging that, both outside of AA, well, AA and in AA. It's like, ah! So people relapse just to have the relief from the pain. But if you actually deal with that judgment and wrongness of self and get people moving beyond that, you have a freedom you just can't even imagine.
0: I love that, Marlon. That was one of the things, that massive shift for me when um, I found the tools of access consciousness. Like when I took my first, we call it access bars, basically access bars are like 32 points on your head. Um, And it's a light touch of different points on your head. And it's really like, it's, it's like deleting, clearing out all that like judgment and the wrongness of you and all that programming and conditioning. And I remember I went to my first bars class and it was with my friend Rachel O'Brien who had found who I'd met in AA and I'd seen this big shift in her. And I was getting my bars run in this class, and and she, you know, and I had spent five years saying, every day getting up, saying, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, my name's Amy. I'm an alcoholic, and it's a disease of the mind, and it's incurable. There is no cure for it. So I was constantly walking around with this, like, I'm I'm defected. Like there, there's something, there's a defect in me and I have a disease and it's incurable. So I was constantly functioning, like you said, from this wrongness, there's something wrong with me. In my mind, there's something wrong with me. I'd also been through mental illness, so I I really did really believe that there was something really wrong with me, Mm -hmm. you know? And so one of the tools, you know, of access, like what's right about you that you're not getting, turned my whole world around And then I got to this first bar's class and I remember lying on a table, getting my bars run and Rachel's talking about, you know, you're an infinite being. And I'm like popped off the bed. I'm like, what? (laughs) It all just clicked. And I was like, Amy, you're not an alcoholic. You're an infinite being. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, every day I've been saying I'm an alcoholic and I've been functioning as if I'm an alcoholic, as if I have a disease. But I'm not I'm I'm an infinite being and it shifted so much because there, like you said yeah that you know it was like there's so much wrongness in that you have yeah. a disease
1: yeah and, and, a disease of and you did all these horrible things to all these other people and they they were just your victims and just all of this stuff
0: yeah yeah <laughs> the, the inventory every night like how how wrong was I today how many bad things did I do today? How rude was I today? I know. I know. One
1: and of my so, favorite stories is Gary Dougler, the founder of Access. had a son who went through treatment, and they told the family. They told him and his wife he needed to go to Al-Anon, and he went on one meeting. And he said, he said later in a class, he said, "If I had to listen to those people, I'd drink too." <laughs> <laughs> was hysterical. Yeah,
0: because there is like, I mean. AA is amazing. And again, we're not here to knock it. And no, it's,
1: it's the right goal. thing for some people. It truly is. And I get yeah. that. It's just and if you want more or different. If you
0: want more. And I actually had a friend and we wondered about her, you know, if she had gone to AA, it may have given her tools like for daily living, like yeah. practices. Because yeah. it gave me a lot of practices and like getting out of bed in the morning. And, you know, actually like it, it actually prepared me a lot for like setting my day up and even just like you know getting spiritually kind of well and just day-to-day daily living stuff and then it just came a point where it's like okay I require more here yeah.
1: but so I wanted to. The, structure. it gives structure, it gives it well a and structure. structure. It.
0: yeah
1: I'm sorry yeah. I'm interrupted.
0: No no no, that's great but I wanted to read this little piece from the book that you wrote right recovery okay. from you and um, because it's what we're talking about is that you said but addiction is not a disease. You are not sick. Addiction is an entrenched pattern of avoidance or escape from a life that appears to be too overwhelming, confusing and painful. It is a place people go to not exist, not experience the pain of self-judgment and to avoid the sense of being inherently wrong, Yeah, inherently wrong. And so if we're using addiction, like we're using drink or drugs or whatever it is, or food or relationships or sex to get away from that feeling of being inherently wrong, and then we stop that, but we're still going into how inherently wrong we are, do we ever change?
1: You can't. It's like you're pinned down by a thousand judgments. And a lot of what I do in my classes is have people look at the judgments bring them to, or at least offer the possibility of some awareness of those judgments. And basically what I say is, you know, all judgments are arbitrary. They're just somebody else's points of view. And those judgments are there to control you. Then we internalize them as if that's gonna control us, but it just leads to basically a slow death of being. And judgment's very destructive.
0: And it's funny because, and yes, judgment is the ultimate destroyer. And one of the things you say in your book, too, is like um, the antidote to addiction is being you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because when you're fully being you, it can't exist. It's, it's, It's a chosen thing that exists only when you've had your being so diminished and so denied, you don't even have a sense of who you are.
0: And so, so, Marilyn, what are the ways that you have found, you know, that you have facilitated people into having more of them? Because obviously you deal a lot with people who may be very earlier on in addiction, who may be still going through addiction, who may be still drinking or using or whatever. Some people who are just like just looking, you know, fresh out of detox or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like how how do you facilitate those people in in going beyond the judgment? And maybe they have lots of memories from their past or trauma or abuse you know, and they've had their being annihilated, invalidated, and so they have zero self-confidence, zero self-worth, zero sense of themselves, and just this constant judgment of themselves. How do you facilitate someone like that to
1: what have do you more? have three days? <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: So uh, come to <laughs> my no,
1: okay, I'll tell you the big difference between right recovery for you and traditional therapy and traditional treatment is traditional therapy, traditional treatment. Yeah is all about giving you the answer and defining you. Right Recovery For You is all about question and asking you to undefine yourself so that we can see what's there. And one of the things, question I always ask people is, well, two things. Like someone will come in and say, I'm depressed. And I'm like, how do you know? And like, what do you mean? I'm like, how do you know you're depressed? Well, I have these symptoms. Well, what's that about? Well, my dad died. Okay. So what's your dad mean to you? Actually, I hated him. Okay. You know I mean? You just follow the questions and a lot gets revealed that wouldn't get revealed if you'd gone, okay, I understand you're depressed. Now, let's work on your symptoms. You know, it's just a whole different approach. And I also always ask, what's right about your addiction you're not getting? Because we tend to judge our addictions and ourselves as bad. And most people are like, that kind of takes a while to get there. That um, is, a yeah, totally.
0: So, what is right about addiction that we're
1: not? Getting? Well, well, then, then it generally, I I do that for a little bit of shock value because it puts them in a different space. But then I say, okay, so what does it contribute to you? Tell me, you know, how do you use it? What's the what are the good points about it? And people will say things like, oh. I I don't know what to do about my marriage. It's falling apart. I don't know what to do with my kids. It's the only thing that gives me that sense of peace and space. Or I have a terrible boss and we have money issues and I don't know how to deal with it. So I, you know, I take a drink or I, you know, I just go out and hook up with somebody or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the thing. That's the only coping skill that you have right now or the best one. So I would never, how could you give up your addiction if you don't have other coping skills in place to deal with your marriage, to deal with your boss and employment, to deal with your money issues? Let's look at those things. And what if you didn't make yourself wrong for choosing a coping skill like that? So that's, I, I, I like to lead people into seeing that they're not wrong. They did the best they could, and they didn't have the information or tools to manage the insanity that was their life, or that was in the life around them. Family, oh, huge. You know. Yeah, wow.
0: So is this kind of like um, well, can you like also I don't know, it's hard to explain to people, but like, you know, you can take this. You have a is it a tree day right recovery for you class?
1: I have a class coming up. Now that we're online, it's a little different. It used to be an in-person Friday evening intro and then Saturday and Sunday. And now what I'm doing is it's um, a two-hour intro on September 25th. Then the 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, it's all online, are three hours. It's 9 a.m. Well, the three-hour part is 9 a.m. to 12 noon um, On those I days, can, I can share the link in a way in the yeah. and in the uh, t- this is this will be the second online one, completely online one. When I was in New Zealand, we did online and in person, but this will be the second completely online. The first one was fat. we just had so much fun. I mean, this I'm is not, I don't do it seriously. Class do it in serious.
0: <laughs> who, who are like because you know sometimes people will say, well, I don't have an addiction, so I don't. I don't really, you
1: know. Well, addiction is really anywhere. I mean, we think of alcohol and drugs. It's anywhere you sort of absent yourself to not exist because you can't deal with something. So addiction can be to being perfect, to be to making money, to health and fitness, uh, trauma, drama. You know those people, everything is like trauma, drama. That's actually an addiction. It can be to making things significant, it can be to being a really good person who helps everyone. So what I invite you to do is ask yourself, when I get a little anxious, when I don't have a sense of what to do, where do I go? What behavior do I go to?
0: And, and so you're uh, saying these behaviors are to they're like coping mechanisms to, yes. to deal with something like like you don't wanna deal with some awareness that you have, or you don't wanna deal with your kids or your husband or something that's going on in your life. So you use this coping mechanism to kind of
1: almost check out? You check out, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And it's be, well, it can be called a coping mechanism. The thing is it becomes an addiction when you don't really have a sense that there's anything else you can do, but you know, go drink alcohol or um, go help your neighbor who doesn't really need your help.
0: And I know that um, you also have, I I think I heard that you have, you may be doing something in the future around, like I'm addiction to phones at the moment and the computers and social media and all that.
1: I did a video with a friend of mine called Screen Got You Hooked. And we'll definitely in this class coming up, we'll be talking about these different things and a lot on the whole addiction to social media, computers, video games. That's a big, big, big one. And it's one that people, it's just a matter of having the information and the sense of self and being that it becomes a choice rather than a right. have to.
0: Yeah. I even noticed Marilyn, when I heard you were doing that, I was like, Oh my God, I need to find out about that. <laughs> right. I noticed like, How much, you know, like I'm constantly on my phone, like, you know, social media, like, and it's mm. like this, almost like yeah like pressure that I have to stay up to date and constantly be doing videos because you know I have my own business and I need to constantly be posting and and it becomes like it does become almost like this addiction and then you start scrolling and and I can even notice especially during COVID like um the scrolling like how much I was using the scrolling through the the feeds and just like almost like as a checking out you know and and I think it's a massive um Like it's a massive thing that's evolving in our world, especially with younger, the younger generation. And I wonder how many parents actually require these tools because they don't know how to deal with their kids. Because
1: this is a new new kind of like addiction, really, in a way, you know? And it's very interesting because one of my main people on my team who lives in New Zealand, she has um, two boys. And on the last Right Recovery for You class, she talked, she spent quite a bit talking about the tools that she's used to deal with her kids and screen addiction. So that'll definitely be a yeah. topic in this upcoming class. And it's a big, and then it's the other one,
0: yeah, it is. It's massive. Like, I mean, I was just watching Netflix and they have like, it's called social dilemma and like, and um, it's actually like shows you like how social media, like, how the AI systems are set up and how they're designed, and it is designed to hook you in, and yeah. like it's actually designed like they're and how they're hooking people in and how they're taking all your data and how they keep you on the screen for longer. Like it's actually kind of crazy when you watch it. It's a real eye opener because you're like, wow, and it's good wow. to watch that stuff because you have the information and you know you you're just not a victim to um to what is what is happening. But the yeah. other thing too, Marilyn and. Um, What about like addiction? You know, with like living with family members who maybe
1: overuse or overdrink or you know gamble or whatever. Or be addicted to anger, or be addicted to criticism, or be addicted to being the perfect mom, or what? Yes, there's a lot in that. And people who grew up in situations like that. The the great thing about the class, it's not like a lecture class, like you're taking a class in college. It's There are definitely areas that we go to, but it's all about people asking questions about what's going on with them, and from that, everybody else in the class gets stuff or get you know just oh yeah when Sally spoke, I had this great awareness of my dad and my sister, and so it's really about the contribution of everyone and everyone having the chance, you know, in a in a controlled setting, everyone having the chance to bring up whatever's going on with them, you know, with no judgment, with anything like that. So yeah, the family's always a big one. Um, in fact, I have an exercise that I do. It's very participatory. It's not like just sit back. It's very participatory. I have a, I have a couple of family um, exercises that I do with people and you know, and there's some other topics too where we do except body is a big one we talk a lot about because when you're in the addictive space, you're not connected to your body. And that's very hard to be around if you're not connected to your body. So we look at that and uh, we, you know, we look at all kinds of relationships and belief systems and church and what school, all kinds of things. So it goes where the class wants to go. It's a very organic kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Addiction runs through every every area, really. And so Marilyn, if if there's people on here today and they're listening to this for the first time, you know, or they're just hearing about right recovery for you, like um they're just are they even just looking at, you know, in in their own life, like what's is there any like kind of beginner to, not that any tool is a beginning tool, but is there any tools or questions that are kind of like a good go-to for someone who's looking to change some of their addictive patterns or behaviors?
1: Well, there are, there are a lot of great access tools. One of them is who does this belong to? Remembering that 98% of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions really aren't yours. You're like a psychic sponge. And I'm not talking about reading tea leaves. I mean, you walk into a room, someone's angry, you, yeah, you pick it up. You know, So I, I gave a little story that I was... Um, it was when I was doing right recovery in the beginning and I had, you know, I had found that I could have a glass of wine. It wasn't a big deal. And but I was driving home from my office at five o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And I kept getting this. Oh, man, I want a scotch. I can't wait till I get home. I'm going to pour this great big scotch, which is what I drank before I got into AA. Um, I, you know, I was just got thing. And, I, and then I stopped and I went, wait a minute. I don't drink scotch. It was just, I was tapping into the Friday happy hour club and group of people with some kind of neuro neuro pathway or something that I had. But a lot of times, a, a lot of what keeps people drinking or drugging and, and, you know, you've talked about, it was nice to have people to connect with an AA. Well, if you know, you know, a lot of people, they have all their friends are drinking and, you'll pick up all their desires. It's it, until you start working with who does this belong to, you're gonna be picking up a lot of thoughts, feelings, and emotions from other people that aren't even yours. And the other thing is, and you brought it up earlier, Amy, what's right about me, I'm not getting. What's right about what I've created, I'm not getting. Start going towards the positive. And then ask yourself, being as honest as you can, What am I ready for now? What would I like now? What would I like to create as my life, universe, consciousness, whatever, show me the person or whatever's going on. You can ask for help from the universe. You really can and from consciousness. And if you're congruent with your ask, not like, oh yeah, you know, I want to lose a lot of weight, but (laughs) um, you can, but if you're really congruent, like I am committed to be with my body and to have the two of us, because you you're a being, there's your body, have the two of us really work together to let go of some of this excess weight. Consciousness, help me out here. What's the what's what can I do? And you find these amazing stories of people are walking down Central Park and there's two ladies behind a bush talking about a diet. She's like that, ah, the body's like that, what that you know, and then she lost like 80 pounds in six months or something. So just ask, ask for that, get very clear on what you're looking for and what you'd like to create and ask for assistance with that. And then it's one step. It's not like you're going to see the final thing, but it's like, oh, this step, you know, it's that whole thing, like Indiana Jones stepping out on faith, basically on, okay, there's going to be a stair there or a whatever it was, a brick, it wasn't a brick, but it was a step on, you know, he's going across this chasm and he's take one step, take one step. That's what you do. You take one step. Um, what else? Find gratitude in your life. Gratitude changes so much. And number one, be grateful for you. Mm. That's what I would say.
0: Wow. That's a big one, especially for those of us who've, you know, been through AA or any of that, like, cause we do that thing of, you know, oh, I'm grateful for this person, I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful for my house, and I'm grateful for my food, and I'm grateful for this, and then we never really put us on the list. And I find okay. in, in my journey through AA and recovery, like, that as um, uh, addicts and addicts, uh, those with, that have been through addiction, tend to be so hard on themselves and have, and lack that kindness and caring. Kindness, yes, Amy, lack, lack of kindness. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And make sure that you are in the computation of your life daily. It's not just, I need to go help this person. I need to go to work. It's like, okay, where am I in this? And what's going to work for me? It sounds like what I'm talking about is a lot of self-centeredness, but the truth is when you really include yourself, you don't have a need to be self-centered because you're there.
0: I like that. Yeah. You know, there's just one question here in this, right? Um, Yvonne asked, is there like a direct connection um, from it with addictions to like distractor implants? So, distractor implants, for those who don't know, in access are like anger, fear, um, shame, guilt, regret. So, she's wondering, is there a direct connection? Well, I think there's
1: a connection because in addiction, you're leaving yourself. So, you're making yourself very vulnerable to all of the rules and regulations of this reality. And that's what distractor implants are. So you'll find people who are heavily into addictions. They get angry, they get guilty. You know, they're, they, they do everything the way it's supposed to be done, which has nothing to do with being you and being present. So that's a great question.
0: Would you also say too, like, it, you know, say like the anger comes up or the regret or the guilt for something, and then that leads to addiction? or that leads to wanting to drink or wanting to check out or well, wanting
1: but, uh, yeah that's also that goes into that whole thing of lacking information of not knowing these are distractor implants not mm. knowing that you can destroy and create them yeah so yeah absolutely
0: and you get that information if you take any of the Access Consciousness classes, mainly the foundation, if you come yeah. to a Right Recovery for You, you'll get that information. You can also check out Marilyn Bradford's book, Right Recovery for You. You know, you can buy that on Amazon and uh, Google yeah. it, Right Recovery for You, yeah. Marilyn Bradford. And she also has um, a website. It's www.marlinbradford.com, right? Yes. Or it's .dot .html? It's .com.
1: Thank I think it's .com. I have
0: have in the description, if you're watching, if you're viewing this online in the description or in um, the podcast section, I have her link to her Right Recovery for You page on her website, which is www.marlinbradford.com forward slash um, right recovery for you, but the book is a great beginning, Marlin. I've read this book Thank a couple you. of times. It's full of information and tools and questions, and she gives loads of exercises in this book as well that are amazing to start start getting you to have more of you and out of that wrongness.
1: Yeah, and that's my target is to really empower people to have more of them. That's why I do so many tools and exercises and information you know that's what it's all about it's like yeah let's get out of the stuff let's free you
0: yeah i'm so grateful marilyn like thank you for being a different voice in the world with right recovery for you and for showing the world that there is a different possibility for those of you who do want to choose it you don't have to live in the wrongness you don't have to live thinking you have an incurable disease you don't have to live thinking you're powerless and that you know something in a bottle has more power than you you know and you don't have to live thinking self centered and constantly judging yourself that there is a different possibility. So thank you for being so courageous and bringing this body of work, like recovery for you to the world. I took this class over seven years ago in Ireland and it it changed so much for me. And, And I also would love people to know that this is in the world as well. So thank you for coming on with me.
1: Thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate your enthusiasm for Right Recovery and all the work you do with showing people there's a different possibility. There really is. So
0: thanks for joining us, everyone. And again, if you have any questions, Marilyn Bradford, she's on Facebook. You can always just send her a message on Messenger. She has her website, www.marlinbradford.com. Check out Right Recovery for You, her book. It's on Amazon. Google it. You'll find it, no problem. And thanks for watching. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Dance to Oneness podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. If you'd like to know more about what I have to offer, you can find me at www.amyshine.net.